is the Big Church Podcast. So, with no further ado, will you get off your seat and on your feet and welcome the woman of God, Nicole Rowan. Y'all's hype game is strong in the house. It is strong. Well, as uh, Pastor Mindy mentioned, my family and I are traveling in an RV, and we were actually just in Kentucky in January, and we, we got to hang out in the parking lot of a jumping place, because that's where my kids were, in the jumping place, because California was shut down. My kids just want to go jump. I want them to go jump. Go get all your energy out. Um, but it's, it's been an honor to be here this weekend at the Women's Conference, and just with your pastors, um, would y'all actually stand for me? I, f- I felt a word from the Lord for you, um, and I wanted to give it to you. I was praying last night for today, and I didn't just want to honor who you are to this house, but actually who you are to this city. I feel, I heard the Lord say, a couple called to the city. And I know what it's like to plant a church and the responsibility that that takes <laughs> the pain and the purpose and all of it. And so I'm like, Lord, I don't want to tell them they're called to the to transform the city and they're transforming their church. But actually, I feel like the Lord said, you call this big church, but there's big vision for the city for the two of you. And I, I shared a little bit of this yesterday just in passing with you, Pastor Mindy, but I actually feel there's a call on the two of you to transform the city through ministry for ministers. So it's actually for the leaders of this city that God is highlighting you all to actually be ministers to ministers. And I even feel like there's a travel anointing on y'all in the next two years that um, I saw planes. I know y'all getting an RV. I know you're getting an RV, but... I saw a lot of planes and I saw travel by air that you would actually be ministering to ministers. And so if y'all would just uh, release y'all's hand towards them, I just wanna pray. Father, I thank you for this couple, God. I thank you that they are a power couple in the spirit and in the natural realm. And God, right now I just ask, Lord, that you give them the city. God, give them the keys to the city. Give them the keys to cities, Lord, that they might actually transform even your ministers in this place, Lord, that all of Kentucky will be saved, not just this city, but all of Kentucky will be saved. And God, I ask for favor, and Lord, I pray prosperity over them, prosperity not just in finances, but in relationships, yeah, and the ability to speak into other churches in Jesus' mighty name, amen. Come on. Um, and I, I had a word for uh, a Carol. Carol, is it Carol? Carol, is it Carol? I'm so bad at names normally. So thanks, Jesus. Will you stand for me? Um, I came in. <laughs> Amen. I came in with uh, my little guy over here. Hey, Revington. Um, and he was kind of fussy, and I'm, I'm just kind of like, you know, trying to rock him in the back corner during y'all's circle time or prayer time. And I couldn't see you because I think you were on the floor or on the stairs or something. And I, I had my eyes shut, you know, rocking the baby. And I felt like the Lord said, she's going to lead a prophetic movement. And I, I began, I don't say that lightly, but I began to feel the Lord's heart for your intimacy, that you actually value the intimacy over influence, but he's given you influence because of the intimacy, the secret places that you've gone with him. And you're the kind of person I sense in the spirit that you're not looking for that, but God's put it in your lap. And I actually heard like a strong teller to steward it. 
tell her to steward it. And, and the word that I got for your pastors, I actually felt like there is a connection there that as they minister to ministers, you actually come in as like Holy Ghost Ninja and like throw the prophetic bombs. So I hope y'all like her because I feel like there's a connection. <laughs> uh, but I just want to, I just want to declare that God has put something in your lap and he's asking you to steward it, that it's no small thing, but there's a stewardship in the promise that he's given you and all the things that you've dreamt about in the secret place, all the things that you've gone to him about in the intimate places with the Lord that people don't even know about. I feel like now is the time to arise and shine. And you mentioned that. I was like, Lord, this is like Isaiah 60 moment arise and shine and you literally said it's time to arise and shine and I was like oh shoot okay Lord so I just bless you with that yeah come on come on come on and then there was one couple up here um, on the far right the Lord was speaking to me cute little chunky baby oh oh sitting right next to you will y'all stand up yeah come on I love baby cheeks <laughs> Baby cheeks are my favorite. Inter introduce her to my son, you know? <laughs> um, as y'all were standing up here, I, I felt the Lord's heart um, for, what's your name? Randy? Brandon. Brandon, I felt the Lord's heart for you, and I saw y'all over here waiting to come up on the stage, and you were worshiping the Lord, and your wife was in front of you, and I feel like the Lord said, I've given him a leadership accountability, not just for his family, but for families. There's an anointing on your life to actually, to, to come into family situations and bring reconciliation back to the Father, that there's something about how you've been raised up in the Lord. There's something about, he put, I feel like the Lord said, between ages five to seven, I put something in inside of him, and it's going to manifest now, but you've been holding on to it for a long time, but there's an anointing for you to speak into families. I don't know if it's like a family ministry, a young family's ministry. I don't know what that is. You can ask him about it, but I saw it so clearly as you were worshiping your hands over your wife, and then as you came up on stage, she just began to give me more downloads, and I sense that there's something in the next like six months for y'all specifically that God is moving. The word move is really important. I'm not prophesying y'all are moving out of anywhere, but there's a movement happening in the spirit in y'all's relationship that actually is supposed to impact the relationships and the families around you. It's literally reconciliation to the Father's heart over y'all, so I bless you with that. I bless your marriage. I bless your parenthood, and I bless your ability to actually use your voice. You have a very strong, anointed voice, but not just you, your wife too. There's something about y'all paired together. Like, you're not supposed to... <laughs> No, but seriously, you're not supposed to stay silent. You're not like the, you're not the quiet wife. If anyone's ever said that, that's not true. Yeah. And you don't have to be loud to be impactful. That's a lie that the enemy uses. You ain't got to be loud. God whispers and he's powerful. It's in like the still small voice. I feel the anointing really strong. It's in the still small voice that you carry, that he speaks. And I literally, y'all, I could get emotional thinking about it. I see people, young people that are married early, have kids, young kids, that you are transforming their families. There's a family anointing on y'all. So I bless you with that. Yeah. Come on. Come on. About... um. 
a year and a half ago, my husband and I, we've planted four churches in Orange County. I'm originally from, from Louisville, and I was sharing with the ladies yesterday, a lot of my major encounters in history with the Lord has been here. So it, it is, it's really nostalgic and fun to be back in my home state and to preach, because I didn't grow up with any powerful preachers in my life, um, female powerful preachers. And so I'm like, wow, Lord, you're so faithful. But about a year and a half ago, my husband and I heard the Lord say, step off your leadership team and do itinerant ministry. And itinerant is a fancy word for just go plop around and preach and encourage in other places. And um, we said, okay, Lord, well, we've been in local church ministry for 14 years, but okay, I, we'll, we'll obey. And so we, we stepped off our leadership team. We got an itinerant ready. We had all these places we were visiting and then COVID hit. And uh, 45 of those places emailed or called and said, uh, we're closed. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, Lord, you asked us to step off to go and travel, and now the, the U.S. is shut down. What does that mean? And I heard him say, just because the world says it's shut down doesn't mean you're shut down. And so we just said, okay, and I did not want to buy an RV. I'm not a camper. I'm a glamper. I'm not a camper, okay? People assume because I live in an RV, I'm like, I got that camp life going on. I never camped before, you know? So it's the grace of the Lord that, that has me there. But my husband said, we're going to buy an RV, and we're going to go and preach the gospel. And I'm like, you didn't hear from the Lord correctly. No, we ain't. I'm not living in an RV. And um, at the time, we were in 3,900 square feet, a five-bedroom in our cozy, cush little city. And um, it, my husband had clearly heard from the Lord. And so we, it's what we did. We bought an RV and we left. And we have been gone 10 months just preaching the gospel. Any opportunity, we, we do not say no to anybody, whether it's three people in their room or 3,000 people in their room. We just go where he calls. And so that's a testimony for you this morning that even though the world might seem a certain way, you don't have to partner with that thing, okay? All right, we're going to jump in the Word real quick. We're going to read out of John chapter 5. If you want to turn there with me, John chapter 5, we'll start in verse 1. I'm a fast reader, so you don't have to bear with me, okay? Here we go. I see the clock. I got 15 minutes. We're going to power through this. Okay, it says this. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there in Jerusalem, by the sheep gate, a pool, which is in Hebrew is called Bethesda, which y'all know this means house of mercy. This is very interesting. Having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed. Today we might add addicted, depressed, suicidal. Waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, say first, after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Verse five, now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there, he knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. Say long time. Y'all know Jesus sees our journey well before we often see our journey. He sees our pain. He knows how long we've been waiting. He, know, he knows how long we've been asking. He knows how long we've been hoping. He knows how long we've been declaring. He's not unaware of our situation. He sees the condition that you're in today. He sees the condition. He sees our journey often far before we do. And so Jesus, he walks, he walks up to this man 
who's laid here for a long time. Say long time. And he asks a really silly question, in my opinion. He says to this man, do you want to be made well? This man done been there for 38 years. That is the silliest question I have heard. What do you mean I want to be, do I want to be well? Look at your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time. Now turn to your other neighbor so they don't feel left out. Tell them. Verse 7 says this. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another person steps down before me. In other words, there's nothing I can do to get ahead. I keep trying to get down to that daggone stirred up water and somebody beats me to it. I can't get there. I've laid here 38. He begins to lay out all of these facts. He starts to tell Jesus all the reasons why he can't get himself to the water. It's like when we're contending for a breakthrough. When we're waiting for our breakthrough, we're trying to do everything that we can do to get our breakthrough. Verse 8, Jesus says to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. He took up his bed and he walked. Today I want to title this message, Rise Up. Can you say rise up? My husband is um, incredibly handsome and very fit. And as uh, income for our ministry, he does online uh, training, nutrition and training. And he's really good at what he does. And so he had this client this one time. He always, I always hear all the stories. He's like, so what do you think about this situation? I'm like, you tell them to get up off their butts. And he's like, I'm not saying that. But he asked me at least, you know. So he had this client, and this client was all in. He contacted my husband. And he said, Paris, my husband's name is Paris. Paris, I want to be all in. I want to sign up for three months. I, I don't just want a nutrition plan. I want a workout plan. I want all of it. Anything that you offer, I want it because this is my year. This is my time. These next three months, I'm going to get fit. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to have energy for my family. So my husband's super excited because he really wants to help this guy. He says, okay. So he gives him a three-month plan. And when he goes to check in with this fella, the guy has not recorded the things that my husband has asked him to record, such as what he's eaten, if he's working out, all those things, real simple, basic stuff. And so my husband says, hey, you know, you, you were all in. You were so excited. You want to get healthy. You want to have energy for your family. Hey, I noticed, you know, when I was going through uh, your, your Fitness Pal app, I noticed a... Uh, it must be missing the information. It's, my husband is so nice, you know. It must, be, it must have deleted your information, silly app. And the guy said, actually, no, you know, I, I just, I, I can't do it. It hadn't even been a month. So I'm in the background like, oh, no, he, you know. But the reality is this guy, because he told himself, I can't do it, he partnered his belief with his behavior. See, your belief will fuel your behavior. I'm going to say it again. 
what you believe internally will spell out externally and your belief will fuel your behavior. Whatever you believe, I'm confident of this, whatever you believe, you will actually behave from that place. And here in Bethesda, there's an area that people would go and lay, the sick, the needy, those hoping and praying for the stirring of the water so that they can get their breakthrough, they can get their miracle. And I I would guess that this morning there are some of you here who maybe you've been laying on your own personal mat and you've been waiting for your breakthrough. You've been waiting for that water to get stirred up so you can hurry up and get there yourself. You've been laid out for a long time waiting. And you've been waiting on the Lord, so you've made it real holy. We do this sometimes. And Jesus asked this man a question, and it's one that you read and you just go, that is so silly. I don't understand why Jesus would ask this question. And the man doesn't just respond immediately with, yeah, I want to get healed. He gives him all the facts and all the reasons he hasn't been healed but they just get there before I get there. I'm not fast enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have the degree. I don't have what they have. I just can't get to the water by myself. I can't do it by myself. There's nobody to help me. All these people, they got people to help them. I don't have anybody to help me. I guess I'm always gonna be in this situation, so I've made myself real comfortable and cushy on my personal mat because nobody's getting me there begins to lay out all the facts. All Jesus said, do you want to be healed? Do you, do you want to get well? Notice with me, he did not say, hey, do me to give you just enough to get to the pool? Hey, do you me to help and try and get you there? Hey, excuse me, sir. Do you me to find some friends, give you a little extra push the next time the angel comes to stir up the water? No, no. Part of me wonders if this man has been around the lame, the sick, the full of disease for so long that he thought, well, I'm just around all this, so this is just my story. This is just the family I was raised up in, so this is just what my trajectory. This is just the friends I have. This is just who I married. This is just what I got in my lap, so I'm going to get used to it and make a place for it because I don't know how to get out of this place. See, a lot of times we comfort the very things we're declaring and asking God for a breakthrough because we don't trust that he'll actually break through for us. Verse 4 says that an angel would go down at a certain time, stir up the water, and whoever stepped in first. If you can strive hard enough, if you can hustle hard enough, if you can get yourself there quick enough, Early bird gets the worm. If you can do it by yourself, then you will overcome. But we see Jesus, the only one who walks right up to this man, and he basically says to him, get up, rise up. It's a one-stop shop for the Lord. And I came all the way to California this morning to tell you that there's nothing too hard for the Lord. There is no breakthrough that is too difficult for the Lord. In fact, I would propose to you this morning that Jesus broke through for you when he hung on the cross and took on all of your sin, all of your sickness. We're declaring a breakthrough, and he already broke through. I want us to notice a couple of Jesus's methods. The first method is he asked the impossible things. 
Secondly, he removes all possibility of a relapse. And thirdly, he expects a continued success. In all of these methods is the word rise up. See, the moment the man's will agreed with the Lord's will, the power was there. He'd been waiting. He'd probably been declaring. He'd been looking around trying to figure out all the strategy and all the methods of how do I get there. But the moment that the man's will and the Lord's will, come on somebody, partnered, the power was there. He said, rise up, take your mat. My daughter, when we were traveling the first stint, we, we've been across the U.S. four times now. When we went across the first time, we went to Florida, the glory land, and um, they were open. You know, I was in California, so it was a real different story. But we are in Florida, and there was this uh, real sweet private Christian school, and I put my kids up in school, y'all. I said, this RV is too small for all of us. Mama needs a break. So I put them in a school for like six weeks. That was it. I was like, can my kids come to school? I didn't tell them how long. They're there for six weeks. But one day, one day my daughter, I'm dropping her off at this school, and she plops down on the floor, and she crosses her arms, and she says, I'm not going in. Oh, it's 8 a.m. I ain't got time for this, honey. Don't you want to have a good day today? It's, let's make today great. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Rise and shine. The glory of God's here. Come on. Let's go inside. I'm not going inside. She definitely doesn't get her strong will from me. It's all of her father. But I tried saying all these things, right? I'm like, you know, you have to turn on that like, I'm not affected by this. I'm so patient and loving and kind. Come on, hon. Let's go in the class room. There was nothing I could say to get that little girl up on her toesies and into that classroom until Miss Amber, Queen Miss Amber, her teacher, walks out and she says, hey, Rosella, she says, do you want to be the leader today in class? Again, all from her father, not from her mother. My daughter immediately with like glimmer in her, her eyes as if no one has asked her to stand up yet. She says, oh, I get to lead the class? You know, so she stands up, pops right up, goes on into that class. And this is what the Lord says. He says to this man, rise. I'm gonna give you a purpose for your pain. I'm gonna take care of something you've been asking for a long time. I'm gonna give you your breakthrough in just an instant. It's gonna be so quick. Take up your pallet. Why did he, why was it emphasized in scripture that Jesus say, take up your pallet? Okay, y'all ready for this? In order to make sure there was no relapse. He says, he could have just said to the man, you've been waiting 38 years. Let's run here. Let's, I'm going to toss you in that water. But Jesus takes the time to say to him, take up your pallet. Take up your mat. What he's saying to this man is, I don't want you to have an excuse to come back to this place. Fold it up, throw it away, get rid of it. Don't have a comfortable place in case your mind, your belief does not align tomorrow. Who knows? If he left his, his mat there, he'd have been back the next day, even if he got his breakthrough. 
because that's just what he's known for 38 years. That's his home. That's what he's made comfortable. That's what a lot of us do in our mind. We go, well, I done been here for so long. I mean, I'm just going to make it the prettiest I can. I'm just going to redecorate it in, in, in my head. I'm just going to put a little plant on the table and be comfortable with my insecurities and my issues and my sins. And this is just where I've been too long. But Jesus says, take up your bed, get rid of it. Don't, don't leave it here. Don't have an excuse to come back to the same place tomorrow. And I believe that there are things in our life we literally have to stand up, we have to rise, and we actually have to walk away from it. We can't come back to that same place. Some of us actually need to step on top of the issue. Be the head and not the tail. Some of us need to actually believe for our breakthrough by making the first step and partner an our yes and amen to his yes and amen and standing on that daggone map. Daggone. <laughs> so Kentucky. When you decide, I'm tired of replaying all the facts in my head. I'm tired of replaying how this could have gone, what I could have done 20 years ago, who I really could have married, how I really could have acted, the job I really could have had. When you stop giving God all the excuses and all the facts that you have in your head that you've put together for 38 years, you actually will see breakthrough happen because you're partnering with the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Amen? I'm preaching better than y'all responding, so... The reality is we have the helper. His name is Holy Spirit. And we actually have the king of kings. His name is Jesus. We have the helper and the king. You got the helper and the king for whatever mat is in your life. You have the helper. Lord, I just need help. And he's probably like, I done gave you the Holy Ghost. What do you mean you need help? He's right there. You know what I mean? It's like, I learned so much more about the Lord becoming a parent. I'm like, oh, I am my daughter to the Lord Jesus. Oh, I'm so sorry, God. I totally see now. You are so annoyed. I mean, you're probably not because you're God, but I'd be annoyed at me. You have the helper. Will you call on him? Will you believe him that he is the helper in your life, that, that when Jesus was leaving the earth, he said, I have to send somebody to you. He had to send somebody to us. This is another sermon, but you know, the word says that all power and all authority have been given to you, that those who believe miracle signs and wonders will follow. And do you know that you actually carry an anointing and an authority that Jesus didn't carry as man on the earth? That's hard to get your mind around. I'm a nerd at heart, so I can commentary all day long. But the reality is you are walking with power that Jesus didn't have. It says it in Matthew in the Great Commission. There is a power and authority that you have, but a lot of times it takes us rising up, standing up, believing it, partnering with the Lord. So this morning, my question for you is, are you ready to rise up? Are you ready to stand on your personal mat in your life? Whatever this may be, and it's probably different for all y'all. Are you ready to stand on your personal mat and say, I'm going to rise up over the situation? Well, it don't look good. The world looks chaotic, but I have remaining in perfect peace. Well, the world says all this stuff, but I'm going to believe the helper today. Will you believe Jesus for who he says he is, that he is a good father, that he supplies all your needs, that he is Jehovah Jireh, that he is provider, that he is sustainer? Do we believe it? 
Or do we make ourselves comfortable? Do we believe in the breakthrough, in he, Jesus Christ himself? Or are we still waiting for the stirring? I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. I, pray, I done prayed for this for 40 years. We'll stop praying, start moving. God is not a forceful father. Listen, I, I, I grew up, I'm, I'm gonna be done in two minutes. I grew up thinking I, I, knew, I knew God and I knew Jesus. And God was, in my head, a white man sitting on the throne waiting to get me out of the baseball game. And so I didn't like white men or baseball, <laughs> to be honest. I didn't know Holy Ghost. I didn't have a personal relationship with Jesus. I just thought, here's the Father. He's just trying to get me out. He was not trying to help me. He was trying to just make sure I obeyed. And as a 14-year-old girl who says yes to Jesus, I just thought, I just got to follow the rules. And I believe God wants to partner with you this morning. I believe God wants to say, listen, I want to co-author with you. You are my dream. You're literally my dream with skin wrapped around you. I want to partner with you this morning. But I need you to take that first step because I'm not going to force your hand to do anything because I'm not a forceful father. A lot of us have this mindset that, that we have a forceful father. Well, he's in control. Well, he gave you control. So this morning, I want to do something. I just like to activate the faith, and I believe we activate the faith by action. And so if there is something that you're believing for this morning, if there's a breakthrough that you've been asking, I'm going to stand up here with y'all. I'm going to be right here with you because I'm believing for some things. If there's something that you're believing for this morning, I'm talking, it is a, you're like, Lord, I need a breakthrough in this area. I want you to stand up because I'm going to pray for you. You're believing for a breakthrough. It might be in healing. It might be finances. It might be family. And there's no judgment if you're sitting because I'm, I'm going to come have you lay hands on me. But, um, <laughs> but if you're standing, I, I, I want to I pray for us to have breakthrough this morning. I'm going to stand on the mat as an act of obedience and faith even as we pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you broke through for us over 2,000 years ago. God, I thank you that you sent your son in our place, that he washes us white as snow, that he provides for us. And right now, I break off any lie of the enemy that says you're stuck. I break off any lie of the enemy that says I'm just gonna be here. This is just my life. I'm too old to try to go back. I'm too tired to try to do anything. In his presence is fullness of joy. And so I just pray right now a fullness of joy for breakthrough in the house this morning. I thank you, Father, for the breakthrough that you're bringing even right now, even since in the spirit. There are things that are gonna happen as you walk out the doors of this church that you're gonna get phone calls and text messages and pieces of mail. You're like, oh my gosh, that was so fast. If we can partner our belief right now, if you just put on your lips, you can just whisper, you don't have to say it out loud, but just tell him, Lord, I wanna see this. I say yes and amen. And if you're really looking for a breakthrough this morning, do it. Because it's an act of faith and action to say, God, I'm believing you for this mat. I'm believing you for this thing. I say yes and amen. I'm going to partner my behavior and my faith together with your will, God.
So Lord, you've heard the ask of your sons and daughters. We thank you for what you've already done. We thank you for healing families, healing bodies, bringing financial provision, breaking off negative mindsets of identity. We thank you for your perfect peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message on the My Big Church podcast. We thank everyone who has given to support this ministry. To find out more about how to support financially or more about Big Church, you may visit our website, mybigchurch.com. If you live in the Louisville, Kentucky area and don't have a church home, we would love to have you as our guest at Big Church. We are located at 7209 Faganbush Lane in Louisville, and we have worship services at 945 and 1130 every Sunday. Thank you again for listening to the My Big Church podcast.